This is Issues 2022. I'm Steve McIntosh. Our guest is Wendy Glick, Executive Director, Catholic Charities of Wichita. Welcome to Issues 2022. I am honored to be the first one the of f- 2022. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. First of our guests this year on the Issues Show. Well, I know Catholic Charities does a lot of good work, and, and we want to talk about all that you do, but can we begin with a kind of a description of your mission? What is it that you're, you're trying to do with Catholic Charities? Sure, absolutely. Um, We are here to serve people in need, um, regardless of their faith, regardless of um, any other things that might bring them to needing our services. Um, So our mission statement is that we are here to share God's love with all people. And um, we have 13 different ministries that work mainly in Sedgwick County, but we also have programs that serve in 24 other counties in South Central and Southeast Kansas. And um, and I can tell you that um, pandemic or no pandemic, uh, business is booming, unfortunately. Um, and, um, and, and we are just seeing um, a, a great need out there in our community. Well, and you've answered my, my next question, which is what is the geographic footprint of Catholic Charities? How wide a, how wide a net do you throw? And, and how, how big is how big your service area, you say? Yeah, 25 counties. Um, our main office is here in Wichita with uh, four locations, uh, two shelters, an adult daycare facility, uh, and a food pantry, along with our admin building that also houses some of our services. And then we have an outreach office down in Pittsburgh, Kansas, that serves the counties down in the southeast part of the state. Um, and we do a lot of work in homeless prevention, um, some domestic violence work, in Southeast Kansas and a lot of work with veterans um, in Southeast Kansas and throughout the entire 25 counties. So all addressing homelessness. Um, When we talk about our our ministries or our programs here at Catholic Charities, we divide them into three buckets. Um, The first bucket is hunger and homelessness. The second bucket is domestic violence. And then the third bucket is enrichment services. And as we talk this morning, we can talk about it related to those buckets, if you'd like. We'll do our best. Um, Do our best to cover them with some good questions. Um, Sure. Wendy, how are you financed? Where does the money come from? Yeah, we have worked very hard to make sure that we're not reliant on any one funding stream. And so we have three... um, revenues, uh, avenues uh, of getting funds into the organization. Um, We get federal grant dollars, and so we're uh, a little high on that uh, right now, um, mostly due to a lot of special grants coming our way related to COVID, um, CARES money, and now um, the latest is ARPA, and and that's um, after the recovery program after the pandemic is, is what they're calling that. Um, the second funding stream that we have is philanthropy, so donated dollars. Um, we're just wrapping up our year-end um, Christmas appeal, which is when people tend to give at year-end, and 
and uh, and and have had a good one. Um, although um, you know we could always use a little bit more to help us get 2022 started. And then our third funding stream is several of our programs are fee for service, and um, it is our goal to make sure that those fee for service programs, which fall in that enrichment bucket of the services that we provide, um, can generate enough dollars in order to support their own uh, work, cover all of their expenses, and then if there happens to be any leftover, then it helps offset the losses of some of the other ministries that don't get enough grant dollars or philanthropic dollars to make the bottom line. Now, now, how many people do you you help in a year? What do you estimate that to be? Um, you know, COVID year we had a had probably our busiest year ever since we opened in um, 1943, and uh, so back in 2020 into 2021, we served about 22,000. Um, this year, uh, we're right at about 18,000, so it dropped a little bit. Um, that was predominantly um, our feeding program, which is called Our Daily Bread. It's a food pantry, and it just exploded during the pandemic and, and when people were quarantined and so many folks were not working. Um, and now it's getting down to pre-pandemic levels again. So that's that's the drop from the 22,000 to the 18,000. But we've consistently served 18,000 for the last couple of years. I think that you pretty much have answered this question up to this point, but I want to get a general answer, if I may, on how how the pandemic has impacted your operation, generally speaking. Yeah, I wish I could say it's not still impacting. Um, Unfortunately, with the Omicron variant and and everything that's still going on, um, you know, as the executive director, it's something that I am still dealing with on a daily basis. Um, In 2020, we talked a lot about using the word pivot. We had to pivot a lot in how we delivered our services. And um, now in 21 and into 2022, um, the term that we're using is adapting because a lot of the things that we had to pivot and and begin doing when the pandemic hit are things that we're continuing to keep, um, you know, as a part of our daily operation. And, and so really adapting to a new normal. Um, but I'm very proud of, of our staff and our organization um, throughout the start of the pandemic to current. Um, we never shut down a program. We always um, were able to keep the doors open to be able to bring people into our homeless shelter and to our domestic violence shelter, um, to serve folks uh, through the food pantry, maybe not in the model or the way that we did in the past, but um, always was able to to meet that need, uh, and, and especially in some of the programs as it grew. And so, um, again, um, we learned a lot of lessons. We continue to learn lessons, and, and we adapt and keep some of those, those um, things that we learned, such as better use of technology, uh, telecommunications, um, you know, how, how to deliver services and provide social distancing, uh, greater sanitizing of our facilities, all those kinds of things, which we continue to do. Yeah, you use the term there that I've heard quite a bit over the past few months, the new normal. <laughs> wow. Yes. The world has changed. It is. It has changed, and and um, as as terrible as the pandemic is, and as as awful as the numbers are, as far as it relates to all of the the deaths 
deaths that have occurred, um, we, we've learned some good things from it. And as I mentioned, continued to, to utilize those things that we learned in order to provide um, better services um, for those that we serve. Um, better accessibility is, is one of the big things and, and how, how we can deliver those services in a different way, but still um, provide the excellence, the respect, and the dignity that um, is part of our values. Let's talk for a moment about uh, what you did over the Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays. Tell me about yeah. Tell me about Santa's workshop. What's that all? Oh, about? Santa's workshop um, was is a wonderful annual program that we do each year that benefits the two shelters, St. Anthony Family Shelter and Harbor House. And we let it be known to the community through various social media channels, through our website, um, through cross promotions with businesses and schools, the needs of those who are in shelter um, for the Christmas holiday. Um, As you can imagine, um, we have children that live in those shelters, St. Anthony Family Shelter is the only shelter in our community that is exclusively serving families. So no single homeless individuals. You have to have children. 60% of those served at St. Anthony are kiddos under the age of 12. So lots of children in shelter. Um, The shelter has been full. We haven't had any vacancies or open rooms for more than 24 hours in at least three years. Um, So um, Santa's Workshop provided toys um, for the kiddos. It provided items that the kids could shop and give their parents on Christmas. Um, And then it also supported Harbor House, which is our domestic violence shelter, and those same kinds of goods in the ways of toys and adult items for the adults staying there. Are there other holidays-related projects or programs that have gone on? Um, We've had things within the programs for the clients that we serve. One of our our programs is an adult daycare facility, um, and it serves seniors in the early stages of Alzheimer's and dementia and also adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. So it's a day program. Um, Most of the program participants think of it like going to school, Um, And so imagine what kind of Christmas programs and craft projects and activities go on, you know, in a school setting. That was the same kind of activities that that went on at adult daycare uh, at Catholic Charities. And um, we had a a concert, a Christmas concert, which was really fun. And uh, lots of cool, like I said, lots of cool craft projects that they made. And all of that was made, um, was we were able to offer that because again, donations of craft supplies or money in order to buy those craft supplies. So um, that kicked in the bucket of enrichment services through Adult Day Services um, in our work here at Catholic Charities. Wendy, what is Faithful Servant Collection? Yeah, so it is our initiative to raise money um, and um, just hope that people trust us um, to be good stewards of that money and to apply it to whichever program needs it the most. So one of the challenging things here at Catholic Charities from a education and marketing perspective is we do so many different things. And um, often people want to donate to us 
specifically to serve one of the programs, such as Harbor House gets a lot of what we call restricted dollars, um, so dollars that have to go to support their day-to-day operation or to support client assistance that we provide um, once the the women and and their children move out of shelter and, and to help them get, you know, set up in a stable home. Um, but the Faithful Servant Fund is, is really unrestricted dollars. So you just donate to Catholic Charities and, and then that money, we use it and, and divide it up in the different categories where the greatest needs are. You're listening to Issues 2022 on the Odyssey radio stations. Our guest is Wendy Glick, Executive Director, Catholic Charities of Wichita. Wendy, what is the Queen Bee? The Queen Bee is um, something we've been doing for about seven years now. Um, it is a peer-to-peer fundraising platform. Um, we have several uh, women who are volunteering to be our ambassadors out in the community and talk uh, about what they've learned about the work of the two shelters, the Queen Bee uh promotion um, generates dollars for St. Anthony Family Shelter and Harbor House, so very restricted. And they use whatever tools they have in their toolbox in order to share the work that we do at the shelters and then to ask people to give money to those programs in their honor. And so this year, um, a dynamic young woman named Lindsay Wassinger um, raised about $14,000 all by herself to support the work of St. Anthony Family Shelter and uh, and Harbor House, and uh, there were five or six other queen bees in the court as well um, to pull the whole um, fundraising campaign together, and it's it's just our um, peer-to-peer fundraising platform that, that we found to be very successful. Tell us about Harbor House and Stuff the Box. Yeah, that's um, much like Santa's workshop, just asking people to donate stuff uh, in order to support the day-to-day operations of Harbor House. Um, we collected everything from toothbrushes to toilet paper to hygiene items to school supplies. Uh, we had a lengthy wish list and, again, collaborated with uh, about 14 businesses who put collection boxes in their lobbies or did a collection drive among their employees. Uh, and these are things that, although we do stuff the box on an annual basis, usually in October and November, um, we collect enough items that help us operate the shelter for a full 12 months. So um, very successful campaign. A lot of times people just want to be able to go shopping for us and, and give us the items that we need to serve the clients that we serve versus donating money. I'd like to talk for a minute about the ongoing uh, Catholic Charities programs. Tell us, about, uh, tell us about working with the homeless. You have several programs helping there, don't you? Yeah, yeah. The homeless population in Wichita is very diverse. Um, there, are, uh, you know, of course, are homeless single individuals. There are homeless families, um, domestic violence victims uh, who have to flee their homes are considered homeless. Um, and so we have many programs addressing the different demographics of homelessness in our community. I've already mentioned St. Anthony Family Shelter as being the 
the shelter for homeless families. Um, and again, always full getting referrals from um, local law enforcement who come across homeless families living in their cars, possibly in, in parking lots. Uh, we work closely with USD 259. They uh, identify children that they believe are homeless and, and we collaborate to reach out to the families and, and see what services we can provide them through St. Anthony. So um, that's where we work with the families. Again, Harbor House Domestic Violence, we work with men, women, and children who are experiencing um, violence in their home, whether it's with um, a family member. Um, sometimes it's not always a, a partner like a husband or a wife or um, significant other. Sometimes it can be violence between family members and and that's another reason why they need to come into shelter. Um, we have a program where we work exclusively with veterans who are homeless or at risk of becoming homeless and connecting them with resources. Uh, it's a program funded through the VA. Um, and again, that's one of our programs that serves all 25 counties. So we're working with homeless veterans that are identified in parks, um, in Chanute, in Coffeyville, um, you know, in all parts of Southeast Kansas, as well as here in Sedgwick County. And, um, and then uh, we also are working with um, youth who are homeless, um, who are 18 to, you know, on up through a program that is called Rapid Rehousing. And we have that funding that flows through the state and through the county uh, and manage some dollars in order to be able to um, serve those younger folks who many have aged out of the foster care system and have become homeless and finding them permanent housing. What can you tell us about our daily bread food pantry. Yeah, we're so proud of our daily bread. It's it's one of our best kept secrets. Um, although a lot of hungry people know about it, um, it is a food pantry. So uh, it is a place where people can go and get food that they can then take home and prepare for their families. Uh, we're really proud of being able to go back to uh, what we call a client choice model. We had to um, pivot. It, uh, using that word during the pandemic uh, and um, not offer the client choice model because uh, it necessitated people being in really tight spaces and um, with the client choice model, what they get to do is select the food from our pantry shelves that they want to take um, and they're limited by the size of their family. Like if it's a family of four, we tell them how many cans of vegetables and how many uh, pasta items, how many cereals items and things like that, but they can pick the things that, that they're from our options that their families like. And so in June, we were able to um, go back to the family choice model, and uh, we hope to continue to keep it that way because that's really, again, speaking to the respect and dignity uh, piece of how we try to deliver all of our services. Will there be a cruise night this year? There will not. Um, oh. cruise, cruise night docked. Um, the last one we had was in February of 2020. 
Um, and it was a huge success, and um, we gave lots of praise to God for allowing us to get that gala in and having it be so successful before the pandemic hit. Um, we took a break from it last year in 2021 because we just weren't sure and confident that, that we could provide um, uh, you know, enough social distancing and enough safety from um, being a super spreader. We didn't want to be in the paper for that. Um, so we, we definitely did not do it in 2021. Um, we are looking at having an event um, sometime later in the spring should everything still be good. Um, and it might have some aspects of what Cruise Night had, but um, we're trying to come up with something new. Um, we did Cruise Night for 27 years, and um, it was kind of our signature gala event. Most large not-for-profits have a signature gala, um, but we think maybe it was a good time to um, to dock it and uh, take it a different direction. So more to come on that, something that we might want to call back and talk about later in the spring. All right, so is there anything uh, other than that maybe coming back, anything new on the agenda you'd like to talk about this uh, the, today with us? You know, about a year ago, well, actually in April of 2021, we opened a new location for our adult daycare facility. Uh, it had been located on um, West Central, 5920 West Central, um, and we were able to purchase and renovate um, a building that had formerly been the Law Enforcement Training Center. A lot of people are familiar with, with where that was, and uh, it was a former elementary school, and we renovated it and opened that program up, um, moved that program in April of, of this year. And one piece that was not completed when we moved into that facility was an um, outdoor recreation area, um, which is going to be designed specifically for adults with disabilities, um, which is the population that we serve in adult day services. And construction for that should begin mid-January, Dollinger, um, construction it, it was the company that we worked with to renovate the building, and they're going to do the renovation on the rec area as well. We've already removed all of the former um, elementary playground equipment that was there, and we'll be adding, um, again, adult-sized equipment, um, swings, oversized musical instruments. We'll have a sport court so we can play basketball and pickleball. Um, there'll be a water feature, not quite a full um, water pad kind of thing, but a water feature that we can use to safely allow water games and things like that for our program participants. So we're pretty excited about that getting going. There's nothing like it in Wichita. Um, Sedgwick County Park has, um, you know, an, an area for youth with disabilities, younger population, but not anything that's really specific for adults. So, um, again, getting started on construction in January, it should be completed by the end of April. Let me ask you a silly question. Uh, are you in need or would you like to have donations? <laughs> yeah, really. That is. Um, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> okay. You can always go to our website, which is catholiccharitieswichita.org. Find out more about what we do. And for each and every program that we have, there is a wish list. 
Um, so if you're one of those folks that likes to shop, and there's, I have a lot of friends that are that way, um, you can go out and shop for us, and there's directions there as to where you bring those donations. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also ways that you can give online at that same site, again, catholiccharitieswichita.org. Um, give electronically, you know, go on to that website and, and go to the donate button. Every not-for-profit has one of those up usually in the right-hand corner. That's where all of the studies show um, it needs to go so that folks can see it. Um, And you can go on there and pick whether you want to give to that Faithful Servant Fund that you brought up earlier, Steve, which um, gives us the opportunity to direct the money to the areas where it's most needed. Or you can pick specifically one of our programs and ask that your donation uh, be restricted and go to that program. All right. We're out of time. Our that guest, was perfect, though. Well, thank you. Thank you. Our guest, Wendy Glick, Executive Director, Catholic Charities of Wichita. That's all for this edition of Issues 2022. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.